And I sort of feel like, oh God, you know, just give us time to make it better. And we can show and prove that this, this is, a, it is a wonderful um, industry. And we almost, we always need to now encourage people that maybe have left this industry because they weren't happy in it to come back and give it another try. Because I do think that things are changing and there is so much joy and, and yeah, it's like, God, just give us, give us a chance. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Burnt Chef Journal, hosted by myself, Chris Hall, the founder of the Burnt Chef Project. This week's guest is Roberta Hall, who joins us from Scotland to talk about her career within hospitality that she's had today, working for the likes of people like Tom Kitchen uh, at The Kitchen, and then to work at the Castle Terrace with Dominic Jack. Roberta's been in the industry and working for some quite high-profile individuals. She has a very interesting insight into what currently works for hospitality and, and what doesn't work for hospitality, but a progressive outlook on how we can work together to be able to improve the industry as a whole. I'm sure a lot of you will resonate with the things that Roberta is saying in this, and if anyone is affected by any of the issues discussed, then please do use the Burnt Chef support service in the UK. Uh, you can text Burnt Chef to 85258, free of charge, completely confidential, 24-7. If you are in other countries, please do check out our website where there's a whole host of free resources and free contact numbers for where you are as well. Without further ado, let's just crack on with this week's episode. On the surface, we at Lamb Weston are a leading global frozen potato product provider, but hospitality is in our roots. We are helping to chip away the stigma of mental health in the industry and truly believe in well-being through potatoes, which is why we are in full support of the Burnt Chef project. If you want to find out more about how we provide well-being through the humble potato, or try a free sample of our award-winning products, such as our proper British chips, The Dukes, follow us on Instagram at UK. So without further ado then, Roberta, um, would you mind just explaining to the listeners who may not have heard, heard about you or heard of you, um, just exactly who, sort of who you are and, and how you found yourself working in hospitality? Yeah, yeah, uh, sure. Uh, hi. Um, so yeah, my name is Roberta Hall. Um, I started in hospitality when I was 16. I was in my second last year at school um, and we had to do a week's work experience uh, anywhere that we, you know, that we wanted to, to uh, an area of uh, occupation that we wanted to choose. And, and I wasn't really sure exactly what I wanted to do. And I remember having a conversation with my parents and they said, well, you love food, like you, you're cooking all the time at home. It's your biggest interest in school when there are crossovers in school, I think, why don't you write to a restaurant and, and see if they'd be happy to have you in their kitchen? So I wrote to a numer- uh, numerous restaurants in Edinburgh and um, one, only one got back. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I was like, great. Um, but, um, but it was an amazing restaurant that did get back to me. And so I went away and I did a week, a week five days there. And I just fell in love. Uh, it was, yeah, it was a no brainer, I think, after that. Um, I just love the buzz, the kind of the hustle and bustle, the atmosphere, just working with food and you know every day it was it was definitely a passion and I remember coming back to school and I think I was the only person who was the most had the, the best experience and was the most buzzing and was just yeah just ready to to get going in the in that industry 
Um, and I actually worked for my last two years of school. I, I worked there part-time. And then when I finished school, I then went full-time with that restaurant as well. So for about a year, just under a year. That's um, so yeah, yeah, really great, great for sort of first experience um, from quite a young age as well. So yeah, it was really good. So, I mean, obviously you, you did this as a work experience, ultimately, first and foremost, but mm -hmm. like, what was always your sort of your plans growing up? Did you want to become a vet or something different or was it oh. always hospitality focused? Oh, yeah. Do, do you know what? I've no, actually, I've, somebody hasn't, no one's ever asked me that question. Like, oh, did you ever have any other interests from a young age? And I don't know if I ever had any of the crazy ones where, you know, I want to be an astronaut or I want to be, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I had any of that. And, or the more normal ones. Um, did I? Uh, I think I was unsure. I think I really was unsure for a long time. And then I think that really just, that experience really set it for me. And, and I, yeah, I've never thought about anything else and I haven't looked back. Um, and I've had friends that have never really pinned down the exact, uh, you know, work that they wanted to go into. And, you know, even to this day, they still kind of bounce around a wee bit. Um, and, and I always felt, not that that's, it's not a bad thing, but I always felt really, oh, what's the word? Um, that really, just really happy and really sort of, um, sorry, I'm really struggling for this word. <laughs> uh, really, you found your found your place yeah thank you sorry <laughs> um just really really yeah lucky really lucky that i'd i'd worked out what i wanted to do um because i i would see them struggling you know trying out to, like this and that and i just sort of yeah i was just felt really 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 lucky so so yeah i didn't look back yeah and um so sorry to, yeah no, no, you're fine. You say so. You say that it was the buzz and the adrenaline of of being in that environment that that sort of mm. that that got you, that captivated you at that early age. I mean, what what specifically about you know the the buzz was it? Was it the fact that you know it was hard work and it was like you know in a in an environment that was quite strictly regimented, or was it the fact that you know you were just in a I don't, I don't know. I'm intrigued. I'm always interested because I think, you know, to work in hospitality, they always say, and we'll come on to mental health and well-being, but they always say, like, you know, do you have to have a mental health issue to work in hospitality in the first place? Because <laughs> do <laughs> yeah, you like this kind of pressure? Yeah, yeah, no, there's definitely perhaps an element of that. Um, yeah, I think I do. <laughs> I like uh, a high sort of pressure scenario and I like a busy or, yeah, you know, I do. I do like a busy sort of um, situation and um I think it was just getting to work with food every day that was the thing that's the main thing that really and just being able to take something you know an ingredient add a few more ingredients and then just, and create something fantastic that's that's what I love about food and that was that was very key from the start for me um and I and I do enjoy the the the, the sort of the craziness that comes along with it as well um yeah. but it definitely has its highs and lows <laughs> 100% and we'll come up we'll yeah. delve a little bit more into that as we go <laughs> along but so your career then took you to did you go straight on to Tom Kitchen's place after 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 that no no not at all um so I did I did a year um full-time at um at that restaurant um and, and it was quite a lot to go from just being in school to suddenly working you know working a little bit but then working 60 hours a week um even though that's not even like a sort of patch on some of the areas that I have done in weeks. Um, it was a lot for, for me then. And so I then decided to go to college for a couple of years and I went through to Glasgow um, and I was working part-time and 
um, and, and going to college. And often people have asked me, did you regret going to college or did you find, is it worth it? Is it, was it a waste of time? Um, and I, I get, I'm torn in some ways because I think I've definitely gone into some jobs where um, I've definitely learned more in a much more kind of, you know, packed environment because you're literally just doing sort of the same things or you're doing a lot more um of the same things in a day and so you know it definitely you learn quicker whereas college is a bit more slow-paced and you'll do one thing and then the next day you'll do something different and then you might not do that dish ever again but I do I have conversations I will say oh I remember doing this in college you know you very much got a really good core basic sort of skill uh training back in college and I do I do think that they are it is important um I think that it would be nice if the colleges in in this country perhaps if they were just a bit more there was more emphasis put on them um and if the the training that gets done is a bit more up to date a bit more um a bit more sort of in line with what we're actually doing in kitchens these days um and I really wish that the attitude was a bit more serious because there was a, few, a handful of people in my, in my course that took it seriously and the rest of them were there because they had to go and do something kind of thing. Um, and I don't, think it's, I don't think it's respected in the same way that it is respected in other countries. Like, you know, like Germany and France, they take it, you know, to do culinary training is very serious and it's really recognised as a great profession. I think we're getting there in this country, but I think we've got a long way to go. Um, but, but no, I did. I mean, I, I don't have any regrets about going to college. I, I kind of wanted to be a student as well. You know, I think it's really, really core part of growing up, just yeah, yeah. having that time to be, just be a bit of a child, you know, <laughs> away from home as well. <laughs> yeah, um, and I, I would encourage any, any young person to just have that moment in their life because it does, it molds you. So it's really, really important. Um, yeah. But, but it was great. I enjoyed it. I love being in Glasgow. Glasgow's a great city. Um, but after, whilst I was working there, I worked in a restaurant, a tiny restaurant. Um, and my head chef there used to be, you know, most, most of all, all the jobs that I've had, I've all been through word of mouth. You know, they've led me on to different places. I've, I've had very few knock on the door kind of job interviews. Um, and he used to work down in Northumberland at a hotel where Albert Rue used to do dinners. And he, um, he did them sort of like once or twice a year and he said oh I want to take you down and do we'll go down and do one of the roux dinners that they're doing so the pair of us went down and whilst I was down there obviously I got to cook with El Roux, which was an incredible experience um, but they also offered me a job um, and which I took obviously because <laughs> um, <clears throat> it, was, it was a great hotel um, and, and I was there for just under a year um, and I enjoyed it, but I found it, I found it quite tricky because it was in the middle of nowhere and I didn't have a car and I was very isolated. Um, and I, yeah, it was a, it also, I guess that kind of, you know, when you live in somewhere with, and there's lots of staff living in, is a little bit crazy, a bit party, mm -hmm. <laughs> a little bit too much alcohol mm -hmm. um, and not as much focus on the food as, as of what I would want it. And so, yeah, I stayed for just under a year and then I actually came back up to Edinburgh to another hotel. Um, I had a really good, really good hotel, but um, kind of got, got thrown into banqueting and then was working in the brasserie and just nothing was quite feeling right. I wasn't loving what I was doing on a day to day. Um, and an opportunity came up uh, to go out and work in Dubai um, at the, the Burj Al Arab, the, the famous seven star hotel. Um, which seemed like a really, really good opportunity to kind of pass up. And 
I definitely needed something a bit more exciting, a bit more, I wasn't really getting the, the buzz that I had had that first, you know, from that first experience of working in a kitchen. Um, and so I, so I jumped at it and I think about four weeks later, I was, I was in Dubai. <laughs> wow. Um, that quickly. Seemed, yeah. It's a bit scary. Yeah. It was, it was a really quick turnaround and I remember making the decision so quickly. And then I had to fly down from, I think Edinburgh down to London and, um, and I'm, I'm, my, my parents have been, you know, because I think I was about 20 when I did this and they were, they were quite apprehensive, but worried. Um, but also have very much backed up everything that I've done. <laughs> um, but I think I was running really late for the, the flight going from, from Edinburgh down to, to London. So race said bye to them and then raced on that and then got down to Heathrow and I had four hours to wait in Heathrow, I think, before I flew out to Dubai. And I had this moment of, oh, oh my God, what am I doing? Like, you know, I just made this decision so quickly and I hadn't really, I think I, obviously I thought about it, but it really jumped into it. And I, I had a bit of a mini meltdown in the airport where I phoned my auntie, I think, but she was very reassuring and said, go, go over, have an amazing time. You're, it's going to be such a different experience. And, you know, you'll never, you know, not, you'll never get this opportunity again, but it's an opportunity to just take it and go with it. And, and I did, and she was right. It really was, it really was incredible. Um, it was quite an intense place. Uh, definitely a notch up from anywhere that I'd worked so far uh, to sort of throw into a really big hotel. Uh, there was five restaurants, I think, within the hotel. Um, in my kitchen, there was 17 chefs. It was a seven-day operation, obviously. But um, within that, there was 10 different nationalities, uh, just really, really quite different to what I'd experienced before. And it was fascinating, and I, and I loved it. Um, and I was just find it so interesting seeing all these different cultures and just all these different food styles. Um, it was also hard because yeah, communication. I mean, God, they spoke English, thank God, because you know we are the lazy people in in, <laughs> in that scenario. Um, yeah. But things, yeah. <laughs> um, but a lot of stuff definitely was lost in translation, and so it was, it was hard. <laughs> um, so many things went wrong just because of that. But um, and it was a really tough kitchen. Um, really quite uh yeah quite macho I think I was the only girl um and there was definitely a, a sort of slight attitude within that kitchen um of you know you shout to get yourself her kind of thing and you know it's it's my way it's done this way and that's how it's done and if you've done something wrong then you get yelled at this that thing thing so it was quite a, a tough environment but I was I'm quite stubborn so I was quite determined to succeed and um and prove to myself and to others that I would I would manage to do this and I would get out that aside um but the food that we were doing was incredible it really was um and I was learning a lot and I was even in, in amongst that quite sometimes negative environment um I definitely was learning a lot and I really felt like I was progressing a lot so in some ways at that time at that moment in time in my life I think there was things that were balancing the good and the bad if that makes sense yeah 100 um, percent like, would it would yeah. you have, do you think you would have felt the same if you were in an environment where perhaps you weren't learning and you weren't getting an opportunity to be as creative um yeah for sure I think well I say that oh yeah for sure but I think there has been this one thing that which I think we will discuss later is like I've worked in quite a lot of kitchens that are maybe do have that negative um, energy and were very shouty um, and because that was all I saw for years and years and years you start you then think it's that's that's normal or that's that this is how it is and you just have to get on with it um, and I'm wrong to question it 
if that makes sense. Mm. You know, it's if I'm if I'm not managing, then I'm I'm the one with the problem, as opposed to the situation. Um, but yeah, I've definitely learned a lot more since then. <laughs> I, th um, I, th I think I think you've just just summarised. Just going back to that, what you just said is, hmm. if I'm not managing here, then I'm the problem, which mm -hmm. is. <laughs> which is how I how I spent my late twenties and early thirties. And admittedly, I was on the different side of hospitality. You know, I was I was supplying and working with you know, chefs and fantastic ingredients. But in my personal life, I was having exactly the same thoughts. And I and I just wonder how many people would resonate with that particular statement. Like, if I yeah, if I'm not coping in this harsh environment where perhaps you know I am getting verbal abuse and bullying or sexual harassment or whatever else it might be, then I'm the problem and it's my fault. Where in fact, actually, it's not, and you're okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's okay to not manage. It's okay to not. It's not okay to not cope like that. That's where you, you need to sort that out. But you're not. You need to sort it out. But that you need to change something. You need to remove yeah. yourself from that, or they need to change something to make sure that you're you are coping and you are happy. Um, but no, for sure, it's it's not that I was at fault. Um, and it's so interesting now looking back uh, at that time because I was in the lead up to doing this podcast. I was sort of, you know, I was looking at, at my career and, and look, really starting to think back to that time. And, and I was remembering different stories and different scenarios. And I sort of thought, oh my God, like I just would not put up with that. And I wouldn't do that to anyone either. And I think, why did I put up with it then? But it's very, mm. it's very easy to sort of, sit and, and reflect in that way isn't it and get it yeah yeah I know I would definitely not be doing any of that or be putting up with any of that now but we are yeah. we are all in different places and, and we're just it's good it's good that I'm in a different place now so Hindsight is um, yeah. 2020. And again, going back to another <laughs> point that you raised is that in an environment like that, where you're surrounded by it and you've been brought up in it, then you start to begin that, to think that that is the norm. So yeah, again, and uh, with, you know, certainly within the Burnt Chef Project, we're not here to blame it. Blame, there's no blame culture. You know, if someone was an arse in their, in their career and they've, you know, they've ended up causing um, damage to the business or damage to individuals and and you know again it's not to be excused people don't know how to change and to be better then mm -hmm. you know there's it's it's a real real fine line to be able to be able to sort of tread but uh, you know in, as you say in your in your particular situation you sort of you know you know that from experience and also I guess personality and, and the sort of person that you are that is that's not the way that you want it to go down but yeah. So you were in. So you're in a seven star Dubai, working for <laughs> star, <yeah>. working <laughs> working in quite an eclectic kitchen from the sound of things. How long were you there for? Uh, I was there for a year and a half. Um, which, uh, yeah, it was. I mean, it was. There was so much good out to come out of it as well because there was just an. Was, they were an amazing group of people that were over there. Like so many friends that I made, and we had, we were having such a good time. You know, we were all away. Everyone was away from home essentially. And we're in this, this lovely hot country, cooking incredible food. And also, I mean, it was this crazy hotel where money wasn't a, a problem. You know, the produce and the money that they were throwing at it was just insane. Kind of stuff that I'd never really seen before. And a budget that I'd never worked with before. So that was, I mean, God, we, and we were cooking for some incredible people as well. You know, some massive sort of A-listers, which was really exciting. Um, and sort of these things that, 
I don't think I'm going to see in my tiny little restaurant only walk in Edinburgh. <laughs> don't think Morgan Freeman's going to be coming in anytime soon. Um, so that was incredible. Um, and, and I had an amazing time, but it definitely wore me out. <laughs> um, and, and I got really homesick. Uh, I hadn't really realized how homesick I was until I actually had to go home because my, my grandfather passed away. And so I came back for the funeral quickly and, um, and when, when I was home, I think I spent a whole day just wandering around the city because it was really green and really just like ref refreshing and different. And yeah. the air was fresh and it was all these like silly little things. But I was like, God, I really miss this, actually. Um, and so when I flew back out, I said, you know what, I've loved my time here, but I, I need to move home for a wee bit or I just need to have a different change of scenery because I've, having a bit of time away from it has made me realize maybe I'm not as happy as I thought I was sort of thing. And so, um, and so yes, I had my noticing and I moved back to Edinburgh. Um, when I came back, I had ideas. I really, I, I kind of got that traveling bug a little bit and I really wanted to, to go off and maybe go and try and somewhere else. Um, and so I got a job in the interim um, and yeah, an okay restaurant, but it was definitely a step back from what I'd been doing in Dubai. And so that was frustrating in itself because I knew that I was, you know, I was like, why have I taken this? This isn't the right direction. And circumstances changed and I decided to stay in Edinburgh. So I didn't stay very long at that job. And that was when I then went and knocked on Tom Kitchen's door and, and I went to the kitchen. Um, and that again was another incredible eye-opening experience. Um, from I mean you you kind of hit the ground running every time you would go in there it was a very busy fast intense environment um but and when I started I, I think after my first week I just felt like I was literally going back to the start I felt like what have I, what have I been doing what, what have I been doing for the last sort of five six years I feel like I, I knew nothing um in a in a like kind of a sort of negative but also positive way where he'd really just the way that he approached things and his love and passion for food was so intense, but also incredible, you know, like really, uh, again, sorry, struggling for words, um, infectious, really, really infectious. And I'd never really experienced that before. Um, and so, yeah, I felt like I was, I knew nothing, but also I was really excited about what I was going to get taught in this kitchen because this was, this is where I wanted to be. This is where I want the level of what I want to be learning. And it was, you know, I think that there is a difference going into a restaurant where the chef is the owner. Um, mm -hmm. Not necessarily always, but I think there is a real, I mean, I mean, he's a very driven man. <laughs> he's got, and he does, he just has so much passion and respect. Like I've never really experienced the amount of love and respect that he gives every single item, be it a vegetable, a bit of fish, an, you know, an animal, whatever he, and he, and he teaches really well. And it was just, it was eye-opening and, and I was really struggling. I'm not going to lie. Like it was, it, I think, I think I, as well as feeling, oh my God, I'm going back to the start. I, I don't know. I know nothing. I really did have this feeling of I'm getting everything wrong. I am doing really badly. And I was, you know, questioning myself a lot. Am I, am I ready for this or not ready for this or how am I, how am I not ready for this? Cause I've been cooking for quite a, quite a few years now. How, how have I not managed to get to this stage already? Um, and it was a bit of a roller coaster like that for the entire time. Um, but I also, like I said earlier, I'm quite stubborn, quite determined. I was determined again 
to see it through and to get out those and get as and also just I wanted to learn I wanted to get as much as it for my own progression I wanted to get out as much as I could out of it um but it was it, it was another it was quite a, a harsh kitchen and it was very negative at times I mean silly like things like we were you know everything had to be done quickly obviously because you, know, you need to be efficient and you need to just you know if you finish earlier then you get the door earlier so it's better but things like we weren't allowed to speak when we were cleaning down because that would be we would you know we would be wasting time if we did that <laughs> like silly really, really stupid things like that yeah. um if someone starts to chat then it'd be like you know you get the what are you doing like shut up kind of thing <laughs> um a little bit intense <laughs> Not, not how I do things either. Um, but, but it really was, it was, it was an amazing experience. Um, and I learned so much and I have so much respect for, for, for Tom Kitchen and for, for everything that he's, he's taught me and shown me. Um, and, and he let me, you know, try out things, explore. You know, he, I got to move around the whole kitchen and he, he gave me his time and his, uh, his, some of his patients <laughs> and um, uh, no he really he really did teach me so much um, but I was, I was I was there for three and a half years um, and again I was pretty pretty worn out by the end of it um, and, and we sort of have a conversation said I think I'm ready to to move on and go and do something else like I think I need something fresh and new and different just to kind of inject the kind of, you know just that buzz back in again and yeah. um and prior to to me finishing up about a year prior to in my last year sorry um a chef named Dominic Jack um who was one of Tom Kitchen's very good friends um had joined the team and basically because they were going to open up another restaurant together and he it was Dom Dom was going to be the the chef proprietor um and they were they were looking for the right site and it just it took as they do as I know myself it takes a long time sometimes mm -hmm. and um and so he was with us for for that that last year and uh and yeah I mean for, for whatever reason he kind of took me under his wing a little bit and he very much was each morning each day coming over to me and showing me lots of stuff um on whatever section it was I was working on and um they've got they they have they're they're really good friends and they're they're quite interested because they've worked together I mean to maybe explain a bit a little bit about um Dominic's background he worked in Paris for eight years in sort of two and three Michelin star restaurants um at a very very high level himself he was sous chef I think at Taiwan which was three stars at the time he was there for four years he had an amazing background amazing pedigree and yeah his but you know they they were friends sorry i'm going off on tangents here but they were they were really good friends at one point at their careers um sorry they worked together at one point in their careers um but they'd gone off and done their own things and in those times they'd both seen completely different things so their styles were really really different mm. their principles were the same but their styles were really different and when i said i'm gonna leave he uh, dom said to me yeah great i think you do need to have like a next a new chapter but I would like you to come up to the restaurant that I'm about to open up. It's still in Edinburgh, but, um, and I would like you to be my sous chef. And in my head, I'd thought that I was wanting to leave Edinburgh and just get completely, you know, fresh start. But then I went and saw the restaurant and it was incredible. And I thought this is too good an opportunity to pass up again. Um, Cause yeah, it, it really was an amazing setup. Um, everything like the kitchen, 
was quite a small restaurant at the time and it was a bit of a battle every day just to kind of just get everything in and and I just sort of had a, knew how much we could do at what became Castle Terrace um yeah I knew how, how good it could be and I knew obviously under his direction as well the restaurant could just go on to incredible things so I thought you know what yeah let's do this this is too good to to pass up so um so I went and I and I did an opening which is also really interesting uh, good to learn <laughs> um and and we opened up Castle Terrace um and yeah I mean that I was I'd, I stayed at Castle Terrace for six years and I would now very much classify Dom as was my mentor um such an important person in my life and yeah something that I wouldn't change for for anything um to say that it was an easy ride is uh, definitely very far from the truth. It was another roller coaster. Um, it was intense in a completely different way to how the kitchen was intense because they're two very different chefs. Um, but it was very, it, you know, it was a restaurant that when it opened, it had the kind of the kitchen name attached to it. So it already had this um, slight establishment and name to it. So there was a lot of expectation and a lot of pressure um but you know and we absolutely hit the ground flying I think within this is back when rising stars were still a thing and I think within four months we got a rising star um and then um the Michelin guide changed when they were bringing the guide out and so which was really lucky for us actually because we didn't have to wait a year we only had to wait six months and we actually got us the star six months later um and I mean there is no better I think you know better uh, accomplishment in any chef's career than being awarded a Michelin star it is our yeah. high highest recognized uh, award and wow yeah what what an amazing feeling the food that we were doing was really different to what I had been learning at the kitchen um the, the way that his mind works is just it's quite interesting in a yeah he really does like sort of move food around and do it in different ways and it was just yeah again I was um feeling fulfilled and feeling I mean under a lot of a lot of pressure but feeling really really happy with where I was in my job um and and it was but it was a very challenging kitchen um I'd sort of gone from being not quite not really the not having that role at the kitchen I'd maybe been slightly running things slight a wee bit but not ever really properly doing it to suddenly being a sous chef in charge of seven or eight different you know maybe 10 different people um a lot of whom spoke French and I don't speak French um and find that quite challenging because they would all speak French to each other and you know that kind of that scenario which is was quite tough um but and definitely really really struggled at, at times um but being my determined stubborn self was no, I'm just going to grin and bear this and not speak to anyone about it and not, and just, I, I need to, I need to learn French. I need to do better. I need to learn, you know, just be better at all that I can do. Um, and yeah, it was, uh, just trying to think like, how did six years go back? Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, to kind of yeah, shorten this, uh, situation. I mean, well, another really great thing, actually, of what came of working at Castle Terrace was actually I met my now husband. Um, he he joined the team. Um, he does front house, though, um, and he did eventually actually become the restaurant manager. He was he joined as a chef de rang, but he uh, he worked his way up to to restaurant manager. Um, and 
I think maybe two years prior to to me leaving, we'd sort of started talking about should we leave? Should we go off and do something else? Um, and I was always a bit scared, I think, because I was very, in many ways, even though each day was a challenge, I was quite, I was quite comfortable. You know, I was at home, I was surrounded by my friends, my family. It was a good job. It was still challenging me. Um, we were doing great food. Um, but then I was definitely getting to that point where I was like, no, do you know what? I'm ready to leave. And, and as was, was he. Um, and we did eventually, we wanted to open up our own restaurant together, but we, we knew that we weren't ready to do it at that point. Um, so we, we had that, that day where we told, we told chef that we were both going to be handing our notice in his head chef and his restaurant manager, not, not the best conversation to have, but yeah, (laughs) but he, um, he did take it. He was, he was so fantastic actually. Um, he took it so, so well (laughs) and said, of course, of course I give you my blessing. Um, like, you know, you, you both have given me so much. I want you to go off and. Um, and yeah, you need to go off and do your, your next, your next sort of chapter in your life. Um, and what we did actually go and do was a little bit, not exactly controversial, but maybe I think a few people were surprised and, um, thought maybe it was the wrong move for us. Um, but we went down to Cambridgeshire and, um, took over running a pub and restaurant with rooms. <laughs> right, okay. um, yeah, I know. Yeah, you see you in your face. You're like, why did you do that? <laughs> Different again. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the main idea, what we want, we knew we wanted to run, run our, own, uh, our, own, our own business. Um, but working for the kitchen group, um, you, we were running, he was running a restaurant, I was running a kitchen. But there was an HR department that dealt with all the staff, all the wages, all that stuff that we knew we needed, we would need to do ourselves um, when we set up on our own. And we really wanted to get a first-hand experience at doing that um, before we took the plunge ourselves and sort of invested all of our own money into it. Um, yeah, yeah. And this opportunity came up. Um, it was one of those just funny ones that it just came across. Um, and we sort of thought, oh, they were looking, literally were looking for a husband and wife team to run a pub and restaurant. The rooms were obviously a bit of an add-on, <laughs> not not quite on the on the radar, but it was also a good experience to have because I think we have had that conversation of, oh, maybe we could open up something in the countryside. I don't want to, I really, after the experience, I really don't want to open up a place in the countryside. Um, even though my husband does sometimes still say, oh, maybe we should buy it. I'm like, no, do you not remember? <laughs> like, no. Um, which make, is making me sound like it was a terrible experience. It really wasn't. Um, it was really different. Um, it was a very much a shock to the system. Um, <laughs> and I definitely had many moments of, oh my God, what have I done? Um, but I also look back and know that it was the right move for us. And, and it, was a very, it was a very big turning point for me, I think, um, to explain that a bit more. So we went down um, and the pub itself and the restaurant, they were, it was quite a lot more covered than what we've ever had done before um obviously you've got the addition of the there was five rooms mm. um and it's in the it was in this tiny little village called um Abbotsfordton um, which had 200 people in it um and it was near it was near to other bigger um towns but the, the village itself was very very small um and the pub was you know it was the heart of the of the village Community, um, yeah, and yeah. it was yeah yeah oh it's such it's so interesting like everyone always says village life is different it really really is but it's 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 lovely everyone knows your business but it's lovely to be a part of <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. That one. I know that one very well yeah 
literally go to the post office and you get all the gossip <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah uh, sorry um lost my train of thought there um yeah so we went down to the pub and the pub was a successful pub um which i think in some ways is quite tricky it's harder to go into a successful business um, to take over the reins and it's to go into a place that's perhaps not doing so well yeah, um, you've got to uphold the reputation that's already been built with your yeah, style as well like totally and not not piss anyone off you know in the process um i think we did do that a little bit but um so yeah so we went in and i um slowly start to change the menu um to make it more my my food i mean i was still find, trying to really find what my style of food was i'd always worked for other people doing their food so i still myself didn't know what sort of food i wanted to do and so that in itself was a good learning curve for me um because i was definitely doing a lot of food that was very castle terrace <laughs> um, but pub, yeah. pub or pub down here yeah. i was gonna say when um, people are eating foie and and you know, yeah. <laughs> balsamic balsamic pearls with uh, their pint of bitter yeah uh... <laughs> yeah you got your fish pie and then you've got the, the foie gras <laughs> um it was an interesting moment um but yeah so no i started to slowly sort of change the menu put my own dishes on um and we were sort of yeah we were starting to find our feet and we you know we also we took on the team that was existing which again was really really tough because a lot of them have been there for a really long time and worked in a certain way um and we definitely lost a lot of staff when we first <laughs> took over um and then getting staff in the countryside is quite challenging um mm. and was the hardest part of of running running there i mean yeah we'd gone from a city center where you really do get a sort of influx of cvs um to nothing coming through the door and um the sort of average age of the front of house staff because there were so many of them because they just had all these part-timers and um, was like 17 um because they were all at uni or they're still at school and they would they just worked there and you know and they would kind of just slot in in the, the the days and i mean i don't know and sometimes i think sean sorry that's my husband i think he had a harder time than i did with all the teenagers but um it was it was a challenge um and we yeah we we but i think we did not did the best that we could with it it was still a really good experience for us we very much learned how to run a business and also learned like i said there's a turning point for me learned how to man start managing people better um because i think in those previous jobs i had had as much as i think this kind of goes them um, sort of uh clashes with what we really touched on at the start of our, of our chat um when you're you, you said you can't blame people perhaps for if they were a bit of an arsehole because it might have been all that they knew i think mm. that's kind of what you said right or yeah kind of what, not you can't yeah, blame I mean, but it, you can't it comes it comes up quite a bit at the moment actually because it might, there may be periods where we'll speak to you know someone and um, someone who's worked underneath them has ended up uh, experiencing you know, a mental health issue as a result of under that under that leadership. Um, and there are people out there who are just sort of you know bad people, and you, that's life. And we come across yeah. those people, and, and unfortunately, we all have different resilience and tolerances to those individuals. But I think also in, in kitchen environments specifically, I think that when your mentor is you know a, a chef from twenty years ago 
who got taught the way that he did 20 years beforehand and that's the only way because we what we have got to acknowledge in this industry is we don't ever learn how to manage people when you're never taught are you like you're great at source section you're great on the past congratulations you're sous chef now here's seven people that you have to manage manage effectively so that the kitchen works and you're like well christ how do i do this i know well i haven't been taught effective communication or neuro-linguistic programming or active listening or anything like that it's a case of well i'll default to what i know which is if i bark loudly people will listen and you know irrespective it gets the job done and that's the main thing um Mm -hmm. so yeah it's a it's a big issue skill gap shortage but sorry carry on it's uh, something no 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 yeah no and it's it's honestly it's such it's that all of that has played such a massive part of my my life and my career and it was all that I knew and I hadn't ever gotten training as to how to manage people. And suddenly I was in this kitchen with not that many chefs anyway. And, you know, something was going wrong. And so I shouted because that's what I've done in previous, previous jobs, because that was what was maybe to say that was what was expected of me is the wrong way, the wrong thing to say. Um, that's how you learned. It, that's how yeah. you, so it was all that, it was all that I knew. And um and you know there was one scenario where I think I probably shouted at somebody and then they you know they had a note in the day and I was I remember sitting uh, after service myself in tears because I think we were about to start um we were about to go into Christmas sort of period festive period and we were going to be going from um being open six days to seven days a week and um I we you know it was a it was a big place and there was so many big things and um and I knew just how busy we were going to be and I thought how how am I going to do this how physically am I actually going to be able to do this Mm. and and you know like so me and my husband we we actually I mean god Sean was in the kitchen with me after we finished service doing prep with me just to get to get the stuff done for the next day um we would work till we were working seven days a week and we worked till sort of like seven in the morning to two in the morning. I mean, he falls asleep standing up. It's quite hilarious to watch, but he would be like <laughs> making, doing chocolate pots, like falling asleep, like filling these chocolate pots. <laughs> and um, I mean, he, he has that problem any, regardless of how many hours he slept or not slept. But um, I mean, we became, we became, it kind of really cemented our relationship, actually. It was great for sort of learning that. We knew, we knew that we could be in the hardest, toughest situation together and still be there for one another. And so it really cemented um, us opening up our own restaurant together. Um, But it was this kind of manic, why are we working like animals? Why are we working ourselves to the bone? And, you know, because of what was, you know, because we didn't want to fail ourselves and we didn't want to let ourselves down. And also we had X amount of guests coming in the next day. We needed to make sure there was food for them. And I just didn't, I didn't have the team or the structure around me. And so we were putting everything in and it was, I mean, I still, I look back at, I think it was something like we, we worked straight for about 40 days um, over that festive period. And fortunately we were, we were, we then clo- we were, the whole business was closed for two weeks in January. So we did get that, but it was hell. It was really, it really was hell. And, and it really was a, a massive turning point of, right. We need to look at how we are, treating staff in order to be able to get them keep them and get the best out of them um and I think 
after that, that January, we then started to manage to pull together like a good team. Um, people that like cared about food and that wanted to be there and want and like the environment that we were doing and well, sorry, that's not even, not even comprehensive. Um, like the environment that we had um, and liked learning from us and and things definitely got a lot better. What's, what sort of things did you think, like from that moment of acknowledgement of like, okay, we're actually working our asses off here and <laughs> we're working harder and not smarter. What sort of main changes did you make in, in terms of, um, you know, how you structured your teams, how you, you dealt with your teams, how you employed or hired? Like what, what were the main things that yeah. stood out for you? Um, I, the main the main thing being I just I stopped shouting. <laughs> um, I, I let I let yeah um, I let made the environment a lot because I mean with shouting there's uh, suddenly there's a, a tension and it's not just that at that person that you're perhaps angry at it's the whole team and so as soon as you change that atmosphere everyone suddenly is on a nice edge you know so just introducing a much more I think a relaxed environment makes a huge difference. I'm not saying that it was like a overnight thing for, for me or for, for my husband, it definitely. And even to, to, the, to like today, we're still looking at and trying to make like work out how we can be better. And we definitely have our, I think it was, it was, there was little bits that we did whilst we were down there or that I did whilst I was down there. But there was, once we left, um, the Abbott's Elm, there was, I have more experiences, which again, were like hitting home about how I needed, really needed to change how I, because I, I, I don't think I am a bad person. I think I'm quite a nice person. <laughs> and, um, and I do think it was um, to do with, like what we, we discussed, um, all, that, all that I knew in kitchens was this way of, and I, and I was like, right, no, this needs, like I need to change this. So and um, maybe just to kind of, to go on to the, the experiences that I've had once I, we, we stayed until, we stayed there for a year. Um, yeah, it was, like I say, it was good. Um, it definitely opened our eyes up to a lot of things with manage, management, um, but we ultimately knew that it wasn't, still wasn't the right feel and the right fit for us. Um, and we really wanted to open up our own restaurant and, put our own, and do our own thing. Um, and so we moved back up to Edinburgh after a year. I'll, I, will, I will be able to go into more about how I definitely changed things and changed myself. Um, I think with more of the experiences that I had after leaving there. But it, that, for me, that was like this kind of the, the starting, starting point. Um, after we did leave uh, Cambridge, we were getting back up to Edinburgh and I was starting to look for premises for our own restaurant. Um, and obviously I needed to work because we were, we were constantly saving money and needed to pay our bills, obviously. Um, but I didn't want to take on a job where as soon as I found that site, I would be, sorry, I need to, to leave. Um, mm. I wanted to make sure that I was really, really honest with whoever I was taking a job with. Um, and I didn't want to be working eight hours a week in a restaurant somewhere and lots of and nights. Um, and so I took the opportunity to to do something slightly different um and to this day i think it's possibly one of the best decisions that i've made in my career um and i went and worked in a bakery um and 
because I'd never really, everywhere I'd worked, we'd always bought the bread in generally. We <gasps> no. Apart <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no. from the habits up, sorry, apart from the habits up. No, but like good working with local bakeries to buy good bread. <laughs> yeah, no, of, co of course, but like maybe no. edit that bit out. Edit that bit out. Um, <laughs> the, pu the purists out there are going no. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh god, what have I said? Um, yeah, no. Um, we bought in good bread. <laughs> Sorry, they made they made we did make our own bread at Abbasel, but it was. Uh, I actually, yeah, it wasn't, I was wanting to learn how to do sourdough. Basically, I went to, I went and worked in a sourdough bakery and, um, and it was, God, it was so refreshing. Uh, oh, A, learning something completely different that I'd never done before, but B, working in an environment where everyone that was going in was really happy <laughs> and it was really positive and. Even at three o'clock in the morning. Oh, uh, no, it was a funny, it was a funny bakery um, where you had night bakers and day bakers um and i sorry i generally just did the day so i did the, i did the night sometimes and they were really they were they were really really hard um <laughs> they wonder everyone was happy they're, they're getting to bake yeah, during the day <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> um yeah they had a team of that literally went in and made the bread all day and then because it's sourdough it has a really long fermentation period so um it would then get baked at night time for the next following day um but but no even i don't know i found it so rewarding even doing those night shifts seeing all that amazing bread coming out of the oven. Oh, nothing like that. Um, and it was a real, just such a joy working in an environment that was fun. Like, oh, you could go to work, work with, make something that's really, really premium product. So much love and attention, so much, like everyone that was there loved what they were doing, had drive, had passion for what they were doing. But we could also have, and I'm not saying I didn't have fun in any of my jobs. I have had a lot of fun in all of my jobs, but there was just always so, like quite a lot of stress and pressure. Mm. Um, and of course there was still, you know, we still needed to, everything still needed to be good and be on point. Um, but it really was, it was, it was exactly what I needed to think at that point in my life as well. I needed to see this different dynamic and um, I needed that sort of time out time as well. Um, where I could reflect and just get a bit of downtime and yeah, just look at what I've kind of done so far in my career. And it was, it was, it was a really, really good time for me. Must've been quite strange bearing in mind from 16, all you'd known was that kitchen environment where it was quite, you know, certainly some of the environments you were in, it was quite strict and quite militant in the way it runs to suddenly walk into a bakery where there's, you know, flour being chucked around and everyone's sort of, there's the, the, that pressure of that pressure of service doesn't exist, and you know that pressure yeah. of expectations, and you know whilst there is a, a reputation to uphold, you know if you do a, a bad batch of bread, you know about it. Whereas if you do a bad service, then you really know about it. You know it's yeah. it's a, a whole different situation. So it must have been quite quite scary, I guess, in one way because you're walking into what you expect to be a pressure cooker, and it turns out to be like a, a warm, <laughs> bubbly bath. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> it was. It was. It was. It was really shocking, almost. Um, I was. I remember going in just being really nervous because I think the the two two women that own the business, you know, they they sort of knew of me within Edinburgh because Edinburgh's tiny and everyone knows everybody. And um, I think they had these like high expectations of, oh, she's from you know, she's directed kitchen, she's worked downstairs. Um, I'd literally never made bread before, so I didn't have a clue as to what I was doing, and 
And so I was really quite nervous going in. Um, and, but then was like just welcomed in with open arms and it was, it was just incredible. Um, and, um, sorry, <laughs> I can hear noises. Um, and I, um, I sort of thought, all oh, right, this is how the bakery world is. And still sort of, you know, still separating the two. Um, I wasn't looking at, at that point, wasn't quite looking at as, how can I really take what's here and make it like that in a, in a, in a restaurant kitchen? Because you're, you're right, there isn't that pressure of, I need to be ready for service, because that is, that is the biggest pressure. Mm. Um, which, which I'm quite, I mean, Christ, I've not done a service since October. So I'm quite worried about when I reopen the restaurant in June, I am scared. Um, but yeah, no, I was still in that, in many ways, I was still separating the two a little bit. Um, and was just really, really enjoying this time and this new skill. Um, but then as I was getting closer to, we found a site and we started doing work on it and whatnot. And as I was doing, getting closer to, to opening the restaurant, I was thinking, I don't, I don't want to go back to where I kind of, where I was personally, you know, quite, because when I, you know, when I get upset, if something's gone wrong, I might, you know, knee-jerk reaction is to shout at somebody and they feel like crap. I feel like crap because I'm annoyed and I, and I get, and I kind of build, I get um, more, um, worked up and irritated and I then kind of start it's a, you know, a bit of a knock-on effect I start to do things wrong as well and or I'll just get start thrashing things around and um, I didn't want to be like that in because I'd really enjoyed this time and I was like I don't want to be that person I want I don't I want to be better and be better for myself but also for the people around me and so I was very determined to start applying that to the environment and being better in when I, when I opened up the restaurant. Um, yeah, just to make, I mean, it's, it, the, the restaurant itself, it, it's tiny as well. The kitchen's very much in the room. So if there was any bad tension or atmosphere in the, in the kitchen, the, all, all the diners were gonna experience that as well, which I mean, that's, that's not a good night out. That's, that's a really crap experience. So um, that, that was very, very key as well um, for, for when, we, when we did open up the restaurant. Um, and, and that kind of just takes me to where, where I guess in many ways where I am now, I have my own restaurant now. Um, and it's tiny, it's got a very, very small team. We're, we're three, three chefs. Um, and my husband does front of house um, and he also, um, I mean, what, where it was three years ago when we opened it to where it is now is very different, um, which I guess, if you're happy, I can start talking about that because it kind of is a fairly organic kind of conversation if that, if that works yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah go ahead. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, in, I'm intrigued to learn sort of like from your experiences, what, what, you've, what you've been through and the things that you've learned and, and that impact that it's had on you over this period of time to how you've implemented some of the things that you you've learned some of the things that you didn't want to do into your business and then what you've changed as since becoming a business owner what sort of things have you learned mm -hmm. about yourself and and people around you really yeah um i mean when we the rest like the restaurant's tiny and when we opened it up we really wanted um 
the environment to be sort of like you're coming around to our house for dinner really relaxed really friendly really like, like obviously delicious food tasty food um but just a really nice great experience um and we wanted to obviously just open up a restaurant that we loved being at and that we enjoyed working in and wanted our team to be happy coming into work every day and not dreading the day ahead mm. um and in order to do that yeah we needed to change ourselves and be ourselves more relaxed more like right how are we gonna right something's gone wrong rather than shove me down someone's throat let's just discuss what's happened and let's work out the way that we can fix it um things can always things are always going to go wrong that's just nature and but there's generally there's always ways of fixing things as well and you don't at the end of the day it's a place of life plate of food you know people of course good diners coming in they're spending money they've got expectations but at the end of the day all we're dealing with is food and we're putting food on plates and we're we're doing that basic thing of eating <laughs> and i don't think there needs to be this insane um pressure that does get put on us um obviously i want of course i want everything to score out the kitchen to be perfect <laughs> um, and if it's if it isn't perfect then it doesn't go out but it's not a case of the pan gets thrown back sort that out it's uh right this this has been overcooked or this isn't quite cooked enough you need to do it a little bit more and it's it's about training and it's about speaking to people just like normal people and um and that was all the things that we started that i started to definitely do um I, def I mean, I definitely have my moments where I would slip back in when, you know, the pressure does get too much and I'd slip back into that person and I would, my emotions would get the better of me and I would shout, not shout, but I, you know, I'd get really, I, I almost let it build up inside me and then be like, right, no, this, you know, I've had those moments, but um, I can, I now like sit back and look at the first year of the restaurant opening and do cringe at some of the things I was still doing and I think Christ I thought I'd move you know I thought I'd come a long way but there's so so much way for me to to be better and, and to grow and yeah and just make and, and and I am now doing I think a lot more things that are um better for the restaurant and for for our team and where we are with the restaurant and the people that we have around us is just they're so incredible and they're so talented and we're so lucky um and I feel very blessed to to have the structure that we've got right now. We're the re where we are with the restaurant is just considering the last year that we've had as well. Yeah, um, yeah it's I mean it's been a really try like trying year for not just our industry, everyone's industry. Um, but especially I think yeah no so many industries, but yes ours. Um, just being a business owner and being an employee, it's, it's been a really really tough year. Um, but I'm really proud of where where we are right now um and i'm feeling really excited and happy about the year ahead i'm feeling really hopeful as well i don't know if it's pessimistic <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, i'm I really think, really hopeful about the year ahead <laughs> i think we're going to be in for a, a good good season especially with internal um or domestic tourism as well being what it is because of bans and various other regulations that mm -hmm. have put in place um mm -hmm. I mean, I think that with that, I think that the the business owners who are perhaps looking at how they're going to mitigate that that increase in business compared to uh, 
previous years on, and the impact that it's going to have on the staff, I think, are going to be the ones that are leading, leading the way and perhaps having a, a more sustainable business model moving forward. Because, mm -hmm. you know, one thing that we've learned from the Help Out Eat Out scheme and then also from some, some of the early, uh, early people who have come back into, into trading currently with the you know, outside dining, et cetera, is that all of a sudden you've got these people who aren't used to working, these professionals who aren't used to working in a busy environment like this for a year suddenly going back mm -hmm. into it like we're all trying to make money you know we're trying to make sure that we can start to pay mm -hmm. off the debts that covid's introduced um but also at the same time we we've got to remember that the resilience of of our staff and the way that they're working and how they're feeling at this moment in time is perhaps not where it should be yeah. so it might just be like a case of making adjustments like not putting so many tables on yeah, know, if there, yeah. If there is seating and it's mm -hmm. yeah it's it's a tricky one because it's not something that any of us have had to face before but uh yeah yeah, it's, and it's a fine balance as well, isn't it, between earning money to be able to make sure that you can pay the bills versus, yeah, you know, not not overdoing it so that you haven't got a team to work, move forward with moving forward. No, exactly. And I mean, I'm sure that you've probably been told this and so many people, I've had so many conversations with people, but I think that this pandemic has really made people look at their lives. And um, I think it's it's actually brought the topic of mental health to a much more focal point and it's made myself and my husband we I mean we we have been working pretty much since since the start and um, fortunately we're you know we're, we're so lucky to have been able to keep things going um I think when we first got put into lockdown we everyone was quite scared I mean people are still scared but there was I think it was a lot more so much more unknown way back at the start nobody knew how what to do what you know you were just kind of doing what you were told so we went home had three weeks at home and it was quite, it was, God, I hate to say it, but it was quite nice. It was like the first time that we'd really spent time where we weren't actually talk, started talking about, I mean, obviously we should have, maybe we should have been talking about the restaurant, but we weren't. Um, and we just had, we just hung out for, with each other for like three weeks and cooked lots at home, which we don't do that much right now, because <laughs> we're working all the time. Um, or we're not doing as much as we should. Um, but that's something that we need to work on. <laughs> anyway, um, no, we had, a, we, yeah, we went home, had three weeks. And then I actually the bakery, funnily enough, the bakery that I worked in, they contacted me because they had flipped things around and just like they became a sort of delivery at home business. And they were in such high demand. They were overwhelmed and they needed help. And so they phoned me up and said, can you, can you cover stuff for somebody tomorrow? And I was thinking, God, yes, I'm starting to go a bit stir crazy here. So yeah, <laughs> great. And so I went back to the bakery and I, I was helping out there. And it was, it was so lovely to sort of just do that job again because I hadn't done it in in sort of two years um and then um and then yeah but during those, those three weeks I was having so many conversations with my husband about it's so nice to have this time um wait what what we need to work on getting our work-life balance better um because we spend so much time at the restaurant we were a five five day operation on our days off, we would be there doing something. You know, there would never be a day when you don't go into the restaurant. And there, you know, we would talk about how many weddings and stag party, birthday parties, whatever things that we've we've missed over the years working in this in this industry, because of course you don't ask for that day off. It doesn't matter. It's your best friend for the last twenty years that's getting married. It's a Saturday, so of course you can't have it off because you're working. Yeah. Um, we were we were talking about all of that and and we're like but we you know we own our business now we can 
make the rules. We can do what we want. We can do whatever we want. <laughs> Obviously, it's still needs to be a viable business, but we wanted to be get the business into a position where if we wanted to, we could just, we could close the restaurant and we could go and have, you know, we wanted to be able to go and do those things that we've missed out on so much growing up in our 20s, working in hospitality in our 20s. Mm. Um, and that was a very topical sort of, or, or very poignant um, conversation because when we did reopen the restaurant um, back in August, June, sorry, June, June or July last year, um, we went down to four day week. So we, um, and we went from doing 10 services a week down to doing six services a week. Um, so we used to be open from Wednesday to Sunday, but then we changed it to Thursday to Sunday. And we stopped doing lunch on a Thursday and Friday. And um, yeah, and just did lunch on the Saturday, Sunday. And also used to, used to do a brunch on the Sunday, but then changed that to lunch, to lunch um, on the Sunday and then the dinner service on the Sunday. And that was to make our life better, not just obviously the team, but also, you know, we didn't really want to be working five, five full days a week. And, and we wanted to make things better for them. We wanted, the team is very much, we are one team, um, which we always wanted from the get-go as well. Um, didn't want, I didn't want to have like, people coming in and out and handing over sections. I think you get a lot more continuity and structure and just better kind of control <laughs> um, when you've literally got one team working one thing. Yeah, um, and I think they're, they know what we're doing. They know where all the food is at. They know what's in the fridges. Um, and there's not that, oh, I wonder if such and such has left me. What kind of, how much, what am I coming into today? You know every day what you're coming into because you're all just one team, one part of it. Um, so to be able to go down, we, you know, we discussed it so much. Oh, it'd be, it'd be great to get the restaurant down to a four day week. And it was like, right, we need to stop talking about this and we just need to do it. And, and it just felt like such a good move after, and maybe a crazy move, <laughs> after being closed for five months to be, you know, chopping out four services. Obviously, there was going to be a financial implication, but, you know, we looked at the numbers. It, worked, it, was, it would still work. And it just seemed like an, a no-brainer, really, because we're not, we, weren't, we, didn't, we didn't enter into this. We didn't open up a restaurant to become millionaires. <laughs> And <laughs> that mean, is, be, you know, to be honest, no one, no, no one really does. <laughs> yeah, but we didn't even do it. We didn't do it to, to you know, try and make a little bit of money. We just wanted to open up somewhere that we would, if we were going out for dinner, we would want to go to that place. That's what we wanted to create, and we wanted to create something that we would be proud of and would enjoy going to every day, and a, a, a place where we could get people in and train them and educate them, and give them a great working experience. Um, and so yeah, it just it just felt like such a great good move, and and it has been one of the best. I mean, we've only been open for doing that for about six weeks, <laughs> but in those six weeks, it was great and it was working really well. And it, it was kind of one of those ones like, why don't we do this from the off? But you know, I think you have to sometimes go through the process to 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 work out what is best for you and what's worked best for everyone. Um, I think you just do it again though. You're doing what what the industry has always done sorry i'm just joined by a little furry friend mm. on my lap so Hello. <laughs> my, uh, my my only companion that i see Aww. 60 hours a week um 
but uh, yeah, you're doing what you do, you do because I think the industry is as a whole is yeah. Can go away now. The industry as a whole is um, is genuinely it's we just tend to do what we've been taught. Um, mm-hmm. But I think you know, COVID has put us in a position where actually we're starting to look at things and go, why why are we doing this? Like why mm-hmm. why are we doing running a business like this or why are we treating people like this or whatever it might be? And I think it's actually forced us for the first time to sort of mm-hmm. look backwards and look at the new way of doing things no totally I mean I think it's had um I think what's been good is that I think everyone's really tried to take a lot of positives out of this really quite awful situation that we've all been in and these and these these being the positives um the thing that's a little bit scary now is that I do feel that so many people have looked at their life and have thought do you know what no I'm out and we're now actually facing a bit of a crisis with them um, trying to get staff and it's a global crisis um it's i think you know i put an application out for a, a job uh for a chef uh, back in at christmas time last year and i got quite a few applicants in and then i've done another one recently and i and i've i mean it only takes that one right person you know of course but it's just interesting seeing um I think I've had, I think I had a before I've had about 10 applicants um, in Chris, at Christmas time last year. And then this time round, I got three. And that's quite scary. Going forward, that is quite scary. And, but then is that also our fault because we've not changed things quickly enough in the industry to make it a better place that people want to work in? And I sort of feel like, oh God, you know, just give us time to make it better. And we can show and prove that this, this is, a, it is a wonderful um, industry. And we almost we always need to now encourage people that maybe have left this industry because they weren't happy in it to come back and give it another try, because I do think that things are changing and there is so much joy and and yeah, it's like God just give us give us a chance sort of thing. I think um, so. I mean, we're, yeah. we're, we're just about to publish a survey um, to do with really why people have left the industry uh, mm-hmm. or you know if they're in the industry what changes would they like to see and if they have left the industry what would what would provide them with the platform so they can come back um so we're about to yeah. publish that very shortly and hopefully you know if we get a couple of thousand people fill that out it will give us some valuable insight because you know it might be that people want a better work-life balance it might be that they want more money yeah. it might be that they just yeah. want to be listened to or feel that they're part of a culture and actually they're happy to work 60 70 hours a week and get paid what they get paid <laughs> you know and i think mm-hmm. it's, it'd be nice to actually put uh, put a finger on it and say right you know this is the percentage of people that we're getting looking for this particular thing and the businesses can start to then go well actually as you know come and work for us because we offer you that mm-hmm. four three working week and mm-hmm. then we offer you an opportunity where your voice is heard and you know you're celebrated mm-hmm. as an individual all of a sudden people go great I can continue my career in food and like my passion and my creativity without feeling like I'm I the industry owns me yeah no that's great so so happy that you're doing that great (laughs) (laughs) let's see how it goes as well yeah no no of course but um yeah it's I think it's really important and it's I think people want to know that they've got a voice as well that they can be heard and that we are listening um i guess if you talk about a few of the changes like the, the more bigger changes that i've made um with myself and with the running of the restaurant is um which is something that i i don't feel that i ever got when i was sort of working my way up through the ranks um was when we every week 
I mean, right now we're doing finish at home meals. Um, so there's a new menu each week that for the dinner that we send out. And um, in normal times, I change the menu probably about every sort of four to five weeks. Um, but I, everyone, we all sit down together. And I will said prior to that, right, menu needs to change next week. We're going to sit down on Sunday um, once we've finished the, the day. Um, we're going to talk about the menu, that menu. Um, bring, bring me ideas. I want, I want your input. And we all sit down together and, you know, an idea just, you know, could just be a protein or it could be a garnish. Mm. And then someone else will maybe be like, oh, what, maybe we could do this with it. And the, the, the dishes will all get worked on together. Um, my sort of experience in kitchens has always been like the head chef writes the menu and then he tells everybody, they tell everybody what, what it is. Yeah. Um, and you get shown how to make it. Um, and I didn't really start doing creating my own menus until I was really in a you know when I was working at that pub down in Cambridgeshire and I have definitely suffered because of that because I've not tried to because I've yeah because I've not been creative or I, sorry that's not the right way of saying it but I've struggled to come up with ideas because I've not been practicing it if that makes sense yeah. um, because I've not been in the the motion of doing it and it's taken me it, it, for me it doesn't come as quickly and as naturally as perhaps it does to other people and I need to yeah I, just, I need I need time to really sort of like piece a dish together um and I I just believe that if you're encouraged to do it from a much earlier point in the career, your career where maybe you wouldn't normally be putting dishes on a menu it can only make it it, it can only like sort of you know train you and get get you knowledge as to how a dish should be built and be balanced and you know just talking about it every single week I think is going to make them better for when that they're properly doing it at that point in their later on in their in their career um, and also just I think oh, sorry I was just gonna say it's neuroplasticity which is basically it's the it's well it's science your brain actually changes and modifies and if when you start using it in different ways and so if yeah. you start being creative and practicing that as a skill set and your brain actually starts to connect pathways together so that it's easier in future um so yeah you're totally right if you do provide someone with that with that platform <laughs> uh, this is going to take some editing um <laughs> if you do provide people with that experience so they can mm -hmm. start to learn and develop then ultimately mm -hmm. it means that they're going to be a lot more proficient at it when the time comes around yeah and i also do believe that making them feel involved um is just making i think their and getting that input on the menu just changes their i think feel for the food that is suddenly you know they'll be plating up that dish maybe the following week and think this is this was my idea like and there's you know i'm sure that there'll be a, a rewarding sort of happy feeling from from knowing that you've done you've had a little bit of input to this dish um because that's what we do you know we we're, we're there to to cook food and create food and be creative and um I really there's no there's no attitude in in, our, in my kitchen and everyone has a voice if you know and and god I don't know everything about food of course I don't um I find it so interesting uh letting my chefs talk to me about food because they've had such different experiences and have, have cooked different food and we can only make the food that we're doing better by collaborating together and that's that's where I want I want to learn as well like I'm I'm not just stopping because I've got my own 
kitchen, my own restaurant now. I want to continue and, and be the best that I can be and do the best food that I can do. Um, so it's really, really important that we all sit down and chat. And I mean, sometimes it takes hours. <laughs> we'll be there for like two or three hours just discussing dishes. Um, but it's also really, really fun and really exciting as well. And what we what could be chatted at the start by the end of the chat is, uh, you know, it could be a completely different dish as to what the idea was at the beginning, but it's that kind of just going through that process. Is, yeah, it's, it's a great. It's really, really good. Collaborative effort. And it's something that I heard mm -hmm. some uh, another I was a company I'm working with the other day, so they don't refer to their their staff as staff. They call them mm. team members, or you know, yeah. like you know, or whatever name you have for it. Because again, it's it's a team effort, and the the more that you guys can work together, the more proficient you're going to be, and the more people feel valued as well. It, it's all comes oh, back to be, be feeling valued and feeling mm -hmm. like you know you're part of something. It's important. Yeah, it's very important. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've got so many sort of like memories of um, different times when I felt I've personally felt so undervalued and, and I've been made to feel so small and so little and idiot, you know like like I'm an idiot and I'm stupid from things um that that I've done like if I've made a mistake or if um just not knowing something, not knowing something that was perhaps basic to them, but not necessarily basic to myself. Um, mm. And I think just going, yeah, because what you said, you know, making sure that people feel valued, it's just, it's so, so important. Um, I think a really good, this is maybe slightly going off track, but I think a, a really good sort of example of, um, you, you say that I'm, I have had a situation or experience um, that didn't go as planned. Um, and any lessons that I learned from it um, and this is kind of a yeah touches on being valued and whatnot I remember um, when I was working in Dubai I um, had I think I'd, I'd done something wrong and made a mistake with something and basically got told by my chef's party right you've messed this up so you're going to stay after work and you're going to fix it I think we finished working at like midnight and um, and then so I was there by myself because everyone else had gone home and uh, trying to sort this problem out and I think I finished at like two o'clock in the morning or something and because I was so tired at that moment in time anyway because we did we worked six days a week actually in Dubai which was <laughs> interesting in itself um I um was so tired that I actually did the the thing that I was trying to fix I did it wrong <laughs> because I was just not thinking about what I was doing. And um, I was working the next day, but whatever, I can't remember what it was I was prepping, but um, it didn't actually get used until that evening. But I was on a day shift the next day. So I'd gone home and I was just like, literally just started to relax, you know, on the balcony, perhaps got a drink in hand kind of thing. And my phone rings and I, and I was like, oh, it's, you know, Michelle's party phone me and I answer it hesitantly. And all I get is, Right, well done, Roberta. Um, you you managed to mess up this even further. Thanks very much. Now we're completely in the shit. And then just hung up. <laughs> like I didn't even get like a word in Edgeways. Mm. And and it was just that, oh God. And then that entire night stroke the point next week was me then feeling horrendous, low, just like I'm used, like, oh my God, I'm such an idiot. Like, how have I done this? They must just think I'm so bad at my job, you know, just all these, all these different things, but also just, oh, 
God, it's so frustrating when I look back at it. And um, and that's one thing that I never ever I would never do that to anybody anyway. I'd never belittle somebody that much. But I mean, like I said, we have a a, uh, a four day operation. I wouldn't. I don't phone. I don't contact my staff on their days off. I try and, I mean, there's occasional times when we have to with regards to orders, or whatever, but yeah, yeah. I very much leave them be their time to be away from the restaurant and to not have anything to do with us and what we do. Um, but I, I would never, I mean, I would never even back then, I would never phone somebody up and give them a walking as to when they've done something wrong on their day when they've got their time out. But um yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, yeah. they're, human, they're human beings. They have their own life exactly. and, and work isn't. Yeah. The be all and end all of life we let, let's break it down we have to work so that we can earn money to pay for our bills and that's only because society yeah. has demanded it like yeah i think sometimes that you know there are purists out there who will listen to this and disagree but i think that <laughs> we sometimes forget that actually yes we have our passion and our pride and our creativity and everything we need to to make this great industry go around but also at the same mm -hmm. time it is just a job like you don't like we're human beings at the end of the day. The idea is to yeah. survive and to live and to experience new things. It's not to get shit on your day off because of a mistake. It's not like you've intentionally gone out to sabotage the business, no. you know, it's, yeah. it's just the way it is. So, um, and then like another kind of like really clarifying moment was, well, I mean, you're going to be like, God, she really loves this bakery. But um, <laughs> when I was working at the bakery, I'm starting to think here that there's a business. In yeah. it. <laughs> She's in the wrong career. Yeah, she should have been a baker. Um, I couldn't I couldn't just make bread every day. It was it was great, but it was a bit kind of uh, repetitive. Anyway. Um, I had a situation where I had a kind of colossal fuck up and um, I I basically a bit of miscommunication. So I was working with another baker and we put um, some bread and approver to because it was really cold in the bakery and it was it wasn't uh getting to the stage where we needed it before we put it in the retarders um and so we put it in the prover and we normally just turn the prover off and um leave he thought i'd done it i thought he'd turned it off neither of us turned it off basically night baker came in to pretty much soup and um possibly one of the biggest mistakes i've made in my career i think um and then the next day, obviously knock on effect, Night Baker then had to start making all the doughs <laughs> and, and make all, all this, this uh, bread again. And, um, and it was a lot of bread. I mean, I'm talking about sort of like 300, 400 loaves. And oh. maybe, yeah, no, about that, yeah. Um, and I remember coming the next day and was just like, oh, how come you're making bread to the, the Night Baker that was still there? Oh, well, you know, you guys didn't turn all the bread. Okay. Um, knock on effect really affected the whole day because obviously we then had to make more bread and we had to bake it all off i think i then delivered it to everyone and um then finally got back into the bakery to start making all the bread for the next day and i remember messaging the owners just being like i'm so sorry this is you know i don't normally make as big mistakes as this and i can't even begin to tell you how much like yeah i'm just really disappointed in myself and you know i felt i felt like crap i felt it's it's not just effect it's affected the the businesses it's affected the whole team and I was really disappointed in myself because I, how have I made this massive mistake? And the response was just so lovely. It was just like, don't worry about it. You went above and beyond to, to fix the situation. Everything's fine. Don't stress about it. And I mean, I'm never, ever going to make that mistake ever again. I've very much <laughs> learned from it. But it was 
so refreshing to get such a positive response to, to, to something that could have, you know, that when I beat myself up for the tiniest things before and like stressed about something for weeks um, from, from what was a tiny mistake. So really quite a big mistake that did have a knock on effect. And, and I didn't dwell on it. Obviously I was still annoyed at myself, but I didn't feel like rock bottom and, and in that dark, dark place for weeks, which you, I've, cause I've, I've definitely, definitely, we've all been there. So, yeah. You were given permission. Um, and so that was really, in, sorry. You were given permission not to feel, not to feel bad. Yeah. Yeah. And that's important. That was a really, yeah, just a really interesting um, sort of moment for me as well. And that was kind of how it always was. Like when things went wrong in the bakery, it was a, it's okay, we can fix this attitude. And I was like, that's really great. And that's how it should be. Um, Sounds like you've got yeah, a H HR guide and your HR guide is like, it's called the bakery in terms of like how we should be acting with our staff and with mistakes and with things. And it's, the bakery method we should do this that <laughs> and the other should, like you've got a couple of weeks God. just to get this written up and put into practice it's like you know if you, you made a mistake forgive it's okay we'll sort it out as yeah. a team like yeah. it's, i think there's, there is there can be um at times and it's certainly in our industry accused of toxic um negativity that tends to very much a blame culture very much a blame culture i've seen it many times over like, it wasn't my fault they did it wrong. It's that person or God, yeah. they, you know, um, and I think that's, it's part of the environment that we work in with. It's just becomes, you know, quite negative. But I think if you can really kick that and mm -hmm. get that positivity running through the business and you're mm -hmm. well away. Um, so to round this, uh, to round this off, I mean, it, there's a couple of questions I usually ask towards the end of a conversation. Um, I think you've experienced quite a lot in your life and your career you've done a lot of things you've been in a lot of different environments um what sort of advice would you give to someone who's looking to pursue a similar career path to yours to your own um i think mm, get get your basic training like own your craft and get a really good sort of understanding of, of what cooking was involved with cooking um, and then find a kitchen that feels right, that you fit into, that's ticking the boxes of what you want to get out of your, your career. Um, and take the time to like take a step back and look at it. Don't get too bogged down in the day-to-day -day runnings of it and like just take that moment to take a step back and be like, am I fulfilled? Um, is this the, the style that I want to know? Or, you know, just, am I, am I going into work every day and feeling um, happy and excited? And yeah, just all those sort of things. But also like be a sponge, like learn, learn as much as you can, ask, ask questions, ask questions all the time and write everything down. I didn't write things down enough um, in my younger, my younger years. <laughs> um, I wish I'd done that. Um, and yeah, I think just just make sure that you're happy. Yeah, it's a it's a key a key thing a key thing I think. Um, yeah, 
if you are working and you feel like a slave to the trade, then it's it, perhaps there's there's other opportunities out there. And I think the thing is as well, we get so narrow focused. I think sometimes, not yeah. just in this industry, but in general, that sometimes we forget. I mean, certainly within this one, we're the third biggest industry in the world. You know, there's opportunities galore out there. Um, so don't let you know, don't let one opportunity or lack of opportunity in one place think that there isn't something else out there because it probably is and it's probably right yeah. around the corner as well you know and it's businesses mm -hmm. like yourself who who have learned the hard way through your own personal mm -hmm. experience that do provide like a, a you know a, a good employment opportunity for someone who's looking for something a little bit fresher and a little bit different and an opportunity to be part of something that's that's perhaps not the norm for them yeah so, yeah like a few other things that we're doing um that we're that we're interested in restaurant um I'm trying to find a fourth uh employ another person um is because i want to have another um we're, we're down to a four-day week but i'm also looking to get someone else in so that we're, i'm making sure that everyone gets breaks in the afternoon kind of thing and like there's just that little bit of um because we're a very tight small team in that you know if someone's ill then actually there's suddenly that person's off and then there's suddenly so much pressure yeah. on the rest of the team to pick up the slack um that's for i don't want them to suddenly be under this extra pressure and that's so yeah really just trying to balance things out there um and another thing is um we're now introducing once you've been with us for a year uh you'll get a week if you want you don't have to <laughs> um to go and do a stage somewhere but it's part of your working week like it's because all the stages I ever did were um organized in my holiday time when you need and you need that time to to be resting not going away somewhere else and working um you need that that time out and you know to recharge the batteries a little bit and um, so yeah so once you've been with us for a year we'll uh we can organize it or you know for you you can pick wherever you want to go if it's in the UK or if it's beyond there um, we'll do our best to like, you know, try and get you into whatever restaurant you're in, you're interested in going to go and do a week at, and we'll give you money towards it to go towards your um, accommodation and any food and, and any travel and whatnot. And um, yeah, the, the idea behind it is I loved going away and doing stages and I find it really interesting just to broaden my knowledge of food and seeing different styles and different methods and whatnot. Um, but I did have had to do it in my own time, and we want to be able to, to allow people to do it within, in, in our time, if that makes sense, um, and I just try it, and support you. Yeah, it's a good thing that other industries could probably borrow from hospitality. You know, there aren't any other industries that I know of that actually encourage you to go and work elsewhere to see what it's like and to, to get a feel to broaden your horizons. You know, mm -hmm. we I, I've never done it in any previous mm -hmm. roles that I've been in, so I think it's a it's a really good thing to encourage because it does you're investing in that individual to learn and benefit potentially your business or you know again it's it's one person if they do decide to leave and take on this new opportunity at somewhere that they've staged then they then have a good thing to say about your business which helps you know just helps the world get around it helps with recruitment it helps yeah. drive moving forward doesn't it really yeah that's that's for we're that's the kind of thought process behind it all and just Great idea. and you're right like it's so lovely that we're an industry that lets people over our doors and let some, some people come in and see what we're doing. And I think maybe 40 years ago, we weren't like that. Everything was a bit worse. Or, you know, <laughs> no, you're not getting my recipe for this, but I think we're a much more open, we are a much more open industry now, which is really, really lovely. And 
um, Outfits are had like an amazing like last two years just doing Great British Venue um, has really opened up a lot of that you know I, that the show is an interesting one. It's very uh, there's obviously a lot of stress <laughs> and pressure, but um, it's great that they really do pull people in from all over the country to collaborate. Not collaborate, but their their kind of their angle is always work with each other um, and just like you know just meet people and and connect and. I've really enjoyed that actually. I kind of feel like I'm doing little mini stages whilst I'm also doing a, kind of, a quite stressful show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, seeing I other people's food. Can't even begin to imagine what it must be like. I've known quite a few people on there now actually. It's sort of like, uh, I mean, it's one thing cooking generally under pressure and producing something under pressure, but then having also to do it knowing that you're being watched and uh, the production teams and everything else that goes into it. It's uh, <laughs> sort yeah, of literally my idea hell, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um once i got past the whole camera scary thing it was it was really good to do so. yes um, and is there any any final things that you perhaps would like for uh listeners to to take away with them based on your experience and any particular um, message i mean everyone's different for me i i find it really important to to get a bit of time out from every day is off that i have i have to have like a day where it's literally nothing to do with the restaurant nothing to do with food and something completely different you know go go walking go rock climbing I'll meet up with friends that aren't in hospitality and we'll talk about completely different things um I love this industry and I love talking about it um but I also do love having that little bit of escapism and I think for my own my own mental health I think it's really really important for me um because I can't I can't be immersed in it all the time because it will consume me. So not in a good way. <laughs> um, so I think that's really, but I, but I could say, I know everyone's different, um, but that's, that's for me. So a little bit of time out is always, it's always good. And yeah, just, uh, oh, I guess, yeah, not, don't, don't get bogged down by the small things because they spiral out of control and can become massive things and they're not important. <laughs> zoom out yeah Mac macro it's take awesome. a take a look at the the yeah i uh I, I well i think i'm the same exactly the same sometimes you just do get bogged down and you live eat and breathe it and you know it's then all of a sudden the negativity becomes a massive uh well it impacts the, the little time you do have off so um mm -hmm. yeah i feel that one massively yeah it's important just to switch off switch yeah. off take a break and disconnect because otherwise yeah. you're no good no good to to yourself or anyone else no no i guess like one tiny other thing would be another thing that's different about i mean it's kind of came hand in hand a little bit with the restaurant but um well no it's to do with how we, we set it up and how we um we feel that it's really really great for the for the team um is that um a lot of the chefs uh they they serve a lot of the food and they talk to the customers and they greet the customers and they speak to them and i think at first i think when you say when we like um do interviews and stuff we say right we do need you to be comfortable um serving people and speaking to people and, you know how do you feel about that um because that's how we run the business like that's how we we want we want that friendly relaxed atmosphere um but we want I mean, the guests really like speaking to the chefs um and I think at first, a lot of people like chefs who've literally been kind of in that basement kitchen for 
the majority of their lives who have never <laughs> seen the, you know, never had a window or something, are a bit like, oh God, I've got to talk to people with shit. Um, but then it's, I mean, God, we, you know, it's easy. <laughs> it's just a conversation. And, um, and it's so lovely seeing people going out and serving people and them getting, you know, they might, or even they'll be clearing and they'll have that firsthand um, feedback of, that was amazing. Like, thank you so much. Did you make that? Like, that was incredible. And it's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah no, yeah. I did. Rather than it just being relayed back to you via a waitress or a waiter. And um, to get that real kind of sincere, um, that was absolutely incredible. Is just, I think that's a lot more jobs about satisfaction in there I, as well. So yeah. Yeah, definitely. It, dri it drives you in the right direction as well, because it's, it's more tactical, Hapt haptic yeah. feedback, I think that's a great term. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's good information. And uh, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's a great, great suggestion as well. And I thank you very much for taking the time to come on and, and talk to me about your journey and, and everything that you've been through. And, you know, again, in the hope that we can try and inspire others to make changes, whether it is going taking opportunities abroad in hot, sunny countries and, <laughs> you know, tough environments or, yes. you know, to, to grow and develop or, you know, just to be able to perhaps be interested in learning about mm -hmm. learning from your experiences so thank you very much for it and um no, yeah I hope, I, hope I'll, I hope i'll pass across again again in the future yeah well, if you're ever, ever up in edinburgh then please come in <laughs> come and see you 100 it's on one of my list of places <laughs> that i need to visit because I've, I've not yet been um yeah very very much so so well uh, perhaps when the fringe okay. fringe festival is on i'm gonna try and get up and yeah, I mean, you're going to be incredibly busy that time of year, so you probably want to stop and say hi. Yeah, uh, it's it's a funny time. I think it's we're doing a mini festival this year. The last year was weird with it not being ever not happening, but um, I think this year it's just going to be a little small one, so it'll be interesting to see what it's like. But normally, yeah, it's August is like this kind of stress head kind of for any chef in Edinburgh because it's just insane. But but it's also a really great festival, so do come up, do come up to it. <laughs> good, good. Well, Roberta, thank you ever so much, and it's been no, a pleasure. Thank you. I'll speak Likewise. to you soon. Yeah, take care. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening to another episode of the Burnt Chef Journal. If you haven't yet checked out the Burnt Chef Project website, then please head over to www.theburntchefproject.com. You'll find a whole host of resources, free access to our training app, as well as free support services, blog posts, our merchandise store, and also our ambassadors who are there to support you when you need it. Thanks again for joining us this week, and I'll see you again soon.